Hey there, believers. Welcome to a Sunday Musings episode that I never thought I would be doing. Um, a few months back, my pastor asked me if there's anything I'd want to teach on. And I, I told him I'd like to talk about spiritual warfare. And from then on, I spent time studying, living in it, and listening to the Lord. And on the 1st of December... I was blessed with the opportunity to stand in front of my church, in front of the whole congregation, and teach and relay the message of spiritual warfare, uh, what we're dealing with, what demons are, the reality of it all, and just do a, a real in-depth study on it. Um, it's something that I know isn't really talked about in churches around the world, uh, especially in America. I'll, I'll say in America. Um, it's kind of glazed over. It's kind of just watered down. And I got the opportunity to uh, really dig in, uh, e expose evil for what it is. Thank God. Um, I feel really blessed to be given this message, and I feel like it needs to be shared. So... I said it at church, small congregation. You know, we're just a little community church. Um, but we shared it on Facebook. And I wanted to share it here. And I I hope that you all will share it as well. Um, get the message out. Learn how to fight. We are, we are in the army of God. And... It's time to recruit. So I won't keep us talk. I, I won't keep this going much longer. Um, I'll just go ahead and start playing the uh, the recording. Everything picked up pretty clear. I uh, hope you enjoy it. This is just a raw recording from the actual church session that uh, I didn't edit anything except for maybe a few seconds at the beginning or whatever. So I hope you enjoy it. God bless and. Uh, don't stop believing. Praise the Lord. Lord. you look good. Amen. I appreciate that. Brother. Thank you, Lord. All right. What's all about? This is my first time ever doing something like this. You know, I've, I've taught for a few years, but never around. Oh, there it goes. All right, pressure's off now, right? <laughs> Never in this kind of setting have I done something like this. And, uh, Bobby was talking about, you know, he didn't picture himself doing this a few years ago. A few years ago, I had my mind on opening a bar or something. You know, I didn't have my mind on this. But just thank God that he's changed me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessing God. Johnny. I had a perfect opening for this. Really, it's what I wanted to talk about tonight was spiritual warfare. There you go. Um, I wrote a lot of notes. I'll be looking down a lot because I don't want to miss anything. I think every bit of this is really important. Uh, I've worked for a long time on this. The Lord has put stuff where I, I look up from writing and I didn't even realize I wrote. There you go. You know, and I, I really feel like this was, it, it's for this time right now that this needs to be talked about. Come on. Come on. Yeah. So we're just going to get into it. Like I said, there's a 
There's a bunch of notes. I have about 14 different uh, verses of scripture that I'm going to have to read through. I'll probably ask for some of you guys to help me out with some of that. Yeah. So we'll just take our time with it and get through it together, okay? Yes, amen. All right. All right. Spiritual warfare. When we are born again, we're doing several things spiritually. Okay, when you give your life to God. <coughs> Number one, and the most selfish one for us, really, is we get our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Um, we're, we're good to go after that, right? Yes. Um, he talks about that in Luke 10, 20. We don't have to go there for that. Um, but that's when they're, they're amazed that demons are subject to them, right? He said, well, you know, that ain't nothing. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's what's important. That's right. So that's, that's number one thing that happens. Number two, we receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, we're, we're forever changed. We receive Him. Yes. Number three, we increase the body of Christ. Yes. Um, every soul that is won over for Jesus Amen. increases the body of Christ, right? We, we increase the dominion of Jesus on earth. <laughs> and fourth, and this is the way I look at it, I know Virgil probably looks at it this way, and, and Johnny in particular, because... We served. Um, but we're enlisting into the army of God Amen. when we give our life to God. Amen. Okay? Um, we're, we're signing our name, not only to the Lamb's Book of Life, but, you know, to serve Him. That's right. Okay? Um, and the first thing that the military would tell you, which I'm, I'm sure most of you know, or if you're into sports, you'll find out like that too. The, the first thing you want to do is know your enemy, That's right? right? You, you have to know who you're fighting against. So if we're in the army of God, if we're a soldier for Christ, who are we fighting, right? And Paul gets into that in Ephesians, and we'll get into all of that. But before I get that far, i got to back up, and we're going to get into what demons are, where they come from, and all that stuff. Because it's, it's all there in the Bible. It's just uh, it's not really easy to find. So... Okay, our job as Christians is to witness, heal the sick, and cast out demons, right? Amen. All right, that's the first first scripture we're going to go to is going to be Matthew 10, 7, and 8. And you don't have to stand up because if you do that, every time we go to a different verse, it's going to be worse than the Catholic service. We'll be up here, up and down all day long. So we'll just, just hang out. And, uh, what was it you said, Matthew? Matthew 10, 7, and 8. It just shows you what our job is as a Christian. I'm going to give you three examples of it right here in the Bible. Um, 10, 7, and 8. It says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. Right? Yeah. All right, the next one is going to be Luke 9-1. King James Bible, it says, uh, freely you have yep, received, freely give. Yes. That's an important thing for people, you know, they don't want to do that. Yeah. Big and get proud. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's another thing. I'm everything I'm reading is out of a, the New American Standard Bible. It might look a little different in your Bible. This is just the one I use is the American Standard Version. Um, but that, that's that's good. We should actually use different Bibles too to, to 
bounce off each other and study with. Uh, Pastor Kenny, would you like to take Luke 9-1, please? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority. Hallelujah. Power and authority over all devils, devils. to cure diseases. Yeah. All right. Amen. So that kind of hints at something I'm going to get to next, that some of these afflictions, these diseases, these are devils. These are demons. Oh, yeah. Okay? They, their, their job is this affliction. And we'll, we'll get into that in just one second. Um, the third one that I wanted to go ahead and hit it now is Luke 10, 17 to 19. All right, it says, The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Yeah. And he said to them, As I was, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Those are demons, okay? Yeah, <laughs> serpents yeah. and scorpions, that's, that's a, just another yeah. word for demons. Yeah. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Okay, and that's when he tells them, to be, to be glad that their name's in the last book of life, right? Amen. Yeah. Okay. Now, like I was saying, often the afflictions, sicknesses, stuff like that, they come from demonic occupation. You can have a demon. You can be afflicted. You can be oppressed without being possessed. That's okay? right. Okay? Yeah. Uh, we're children of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We cannot be possessed by anybody else. Yeah, he's too big in there. That's right. But we can be oppressed. Um, and, and the second we take Christ, I told somebody the other day, as soon as we, you know, turn our face toward God, we're turning our back on the devil. That's right. That's right. Okay? And it's like breaking up with a really spiteful ex. You know what I mean? It's like there's nobody that's going to be more jealous, more hateful. They'll try to get you back than the devil. Just fill you with lies. That's right. So uh, we'll just move on. That's good. All right. Um, this demonic occupation. Okay, there's a couple of examples I wanted to show you here, too, of how demons present as disease or illness, okay? Um, back in Matthew, a lot of this is in the Gospels, um, Matthew 9, 32, and 33. 9, 32, and 33. Johnny, will you take that one for me, Yes. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so in Israel. There you go. Um, mine says a mute, okay? <coughs> Dumb means mute, and you can't talk. Yeah. So whatever happened to this poor man, he was demon-possessed in a way that it had bound his tongue. Okay, it's an affliction. Yes. It kept him from being able to speak. Um, another one, it, it's a really good one. It's the same, same book as Matthew 17, 14 to 21. It's a little bit longer. But this, this is showing you how how demons work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Come on, boy. And it gives you a little glimpse of how to how to fight them too. Okay. All right. Is everybody there? Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll just go ahead and take this one because it's a little longer. 
is how I do my, my students at school. <laughs> if it's a big paragraph, I'll just read it because I know they don't want to. So. All right. When they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill. Okay, he's got mental illness. Yeah, come on. Yeah. For often he falls into the fire and into the water. And that could be taken, you know, I take that two different ways. One, either he's, he's having seizures, yeah. you know, and he's falling into the fire or the water. Or this demon's leading him to hurt himself, yeah. self-harm, self-mutilation, which is another big thing we see a lot. Yeah. Okay? I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, faith is a weapon. Amen. Okay, Faith will give us the strength. We, we had to believe what Jesus told us we could do. Amen. We had to have faith yeah. in that. Yes. Yeah. Good. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible to you. That's a big verse. Yeah. Nothing yeah. will be impossible Amen. to you. Amen. And it says here in 21, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Amen. Amen. So that shows you not all demons are on equal ground. Yep. There's some that's more powerful than others. Yes. Um, some take a little more effort. Okay. But of course, Jesus can speak a word. He can say "go." I think that was the word he said. You know, I think I often I think it was, all he had to say was "go." When he said "come," you know, you come. Yeah. If he says "go," they got to go. Yeah. You know. But for us. It requires prayer and fasting because that takes faith. Amen. It takes faith to do those things. So our job um, as Christians is to witness and to beat up demons, yes, right? That's right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to get to know our enemy. We're going to get to know what demons are, where they come from. And this is going to be a little bit of a history kind of thing. I'm not the best with the Old Testament yet. I'm learning. I'm reading it. I know, I know Roger is like all about it. <laughs> but it tells you flat out um, well not flat out it, it gives you some some glimpses as to what you're battling because the Old Testament the enemy is always giant plants yeah. okay? they're always fighting these giants yeah, come on. and the New Testament is always demons and there's a reason there's a reason why that is because demons in a nutshell are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim giants. Okay? In Genesis 6 4, um, I don't know, I'll, I'll read that. I'll go back to Genesis 6 2 first and I'll read through, okay? Okay. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 2, it says that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Okay, the sons of God, these are the fallen angels. These aren't the sons of Seth or anything like that. They don't line up scripturally. These Old Testament sons of God are fallen angels. Come on. All right? And they took these wives because in that day, fathers gave up their daughters, right? Who wouldn't give up their daughter to what they were seeing as gods coming down from heaven? <laughs> you know, they, they would want their children to be heirs, you know, to be demigods or whatever. That's good. Um, so they, they chose whatever wives they wanted. And the Lord said, My spirit will not strive with man forever, because he also is flesh. 
Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. Chapter 6, verse 4. You only see this word two or three times in the Bible. The Nephilim were on earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. All right? Um, from there, these Nephilim, once they're born, they're the giants. Okay? These are the, the mighty men. They're your leaders. They're your clan leaders. Um, it says that the, they were earth, on the earth in those days and also afterward. Because you see, in just a couple of verses from here, God floods the world. Yeah. Okay? Because he's had enough. Yeah. The only good blood left was in the blood of Noah. Yeah. Um, he was the only one that was still pure. And you see, after the flood, that... God tasked Moses and Joshua, and what, Caleb too, right? right. Mm -hmm. to, to go forth and rid the earth of these giants. To go through here and wipe out these giant clans. It wasn't because, you know, God don't like tall people. It's because they were, un, they, were, they were abominations. They were not supposed to exist. Um, oh, uh, yes. real quick on that, um, because somebody might th be thinking about this, because I one time did Okay, so when God destroyed the earth, yes. okay, there was eight left. So for the giants to extend after the flood, the DNA had to be in one of the wives or yes. or the Noah's wife. Is that correct? That yeah, that's, 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 that's right. That's what I've always thought. Is that what it was? It was uh, from what I've I've read a bunch of books on this. I've been trying to figure it out, flesh it all out. <laughs> um, it looks like all signs point to Ham. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. Um, post flood, um, in Genesis 10, 6 through 20, it shows the lineage of Ham. It comes down to Canaan, and all these giant clans seem to come out of sons of Ham. Okay. Okay. Like all of the giant clans. The uh, I got some of the Anakim, the Raphaim, the Emim, the Zamzuman, the Amorites. All of these are descendants from Ham. Okay. So his wife must have had that wow. Nephilim blood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay? So it's, 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 it's good. It, 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 all, it all works out with his bloodline. They were trying to corrupt the bloodline because of the messianic promise. Come on, bro. Come on. You know yeah. that, oh, yeah. The, yeah. that he will crush the head of the snake. That's yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like all, their whole goal is to wipe out the bloodline. Yeah. If they can corrupt the bloodline, then they're good to go. They don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. It, it, it stops God, and you can't stop God. Um, let me make sure I find my place. Yes, also another hint about it being Ham was Noah, when, when you see how Ham treats Noah after the flood's over, okay? Yeah. And how his other sons come up there, they help him out. Noah cursed Canaan for Ham's actions, okay? And his bloodline. And that's like why I said, all the, all the bad guys came there you know, all these, these giant clans came back after that. Um, they were worshipped as other gods. You know, the, the watchers, the ones that came down, the 200 that came down. Um, they practiced child sacrifice. They practiced magic. Um, that's why the Bible specifically warns against doing these things. It doesn't say don't practice necromancy unless necromancy is real. Okay? So this, these black magic things are real. Uh, passing the child through the fire, that's a child sacrifice. Yeah. They're real. And they, they outline that in Deuteronomy uh, 
18 to 12, uh, 10 through 12. Um, okay, those sons of God that came down have been imprisoned. They're in the abyss. They're in Tartarus, which is be- below Sheol, below the underworld. Um, they're, they're chained up until in Revelation they get freed upon the earth. Tartarus. Yes. Yeah, Tartarus. Um, as explained in Jude 6. I'll show you real quick. Jude 6. It says, and angels, this is, an, this is like a hint that you got, you know, in the Bible about it. That, and angels who did not keep their domain but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept an eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they, in the same way as these, indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. So it shows you that these fallen angels... Went after strange flesh. They, it, it wasn't anybody but the fallen angels that that corrupted the bloodline. Chains of darkness. Yes. Until the judgment. Until the judgment, and God frees them, right? Yeah. All right. Also, it says angels that sinned in Second Peter two four and five. Um, it, it's another reference to it. Yeah. But we can go on. Um, also, there's a book that Roger and I talked about. It's the book of Enoch. Enoch never died. Right? He walked with God. He was taken up with God. Um, Jude references Enoch. Um, Enoch's mentioned several times in the Bible. These apostles knew the book of Enoch. But the book of Enoch wasn't in our Bible because it wasn't discovered at that time. Okay, but if he's referenced in the Bible, yeah. I, I, I talked to Roger and we felt like it was okay to just use it as a, a extra biblical text to explain more in depth what these demons are. Okay, because these Old Testament giants, once they're killed, this explains why we're calling them the demons. Okay. In 1 Enoch 15, 8 through 12, it says, And now the giants who are produced from the spirits and flesh, so that from the angels and the humans, will be called evil spirits upon the earth, and on the earth will be their dwelling. Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies, because they were born from men and from the holy watchers is their beginning and primal origin. They will be evil spirits on earth, and evil spirits they will be called. As for the spirit of heaven, and heaven will be their dwelling. Angels belong in heaven. That's where they dwell. Yeah, that's right. Okay? But as for the spirits of the earth, on the earth will be their dwelling. And the spirits of the giants afflict, oppress, destroy, attack, do battle, and work destruction on the earth and cause trouble. Yes. They take no food, but nevertheless hunger and thirst and cause offenses. And these spirits will rise up against the children of men and against the women because they have proceeded from them. Okay, so that tells you just another reference is just lined out that when these giant clans were killed, their, their souls are trapped here. They can't go to heaven. They can't go to hell. They're loosed on earth. Um, the, the, the giants from the flood, the Nephilim from the flood, 
Same thing. They're stuck. They're bound on earth. And what do they want? They want to possess a body, right? That's all they want. They want to cause trouble for God's children, afflict, oppress, and possess. Um, The Word of God tells us that these are who we are at war with in Ephesians. And we'll, uh, we'll go to one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, favorite sections, is Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 10. Okay. Come on, there you go. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start around verse 10. It's going to be the armor of God. Everybody there? Yeah. Amen. Okay. Amen. Does anyone else want to read like 6, 10 through 18? Thanks, Bob. 10 through 18? Yes, sir. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the will of the devil. Amen. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all preservance and supplication for all saints. Thank you. Amen. 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 All right. That's verse 16. I thought before in the, when we was in men's major order. Yeah, man. That right there, I guess the shield of faith, that's above all. You know, it says above all. The shield of faith. So that. Having the faith is that's a main part. That's it. That's right. That's right, brother. That's it. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, I use the uh, I got a, a study Bible at the house that it compares you know the the Greek and Hebrew key to the word and it expands on that you know so if you go in there and you dig into it and I spent hours digging into one verse. There you go. It was chapter six. Verse 12, okay? It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Okay? I wanted to know exactly what he was talking about. So I dug through and I, I looked up every word that looked kind of off. Okay? Uh, rulers powers, world forces. I looked through all of it. 
and when you write it out as it's expanded, verse 12 will sound like this. For the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against princes and chiefs among demons, against infernal powers, demon princes, potentates, against the one subject to the ruler of this world, Satan and his angels, yes. of this state of moral darkness and wicked men under the influence of Satan, against the spiritual forces of the evil nature of wickedness in the heavenly places. Amen. Amen. That's a lot scarier. Uh, when you just say it flat out, you know, there's demons, there's demon, there's demonic princes, there's different levels. Um, but also, it talks about in here that we have the armor, right? We got weapons. Yes. Yeah. We have truth, which is of love. Yes. Um, words and conduct, sincerity, righteousness. That's all truth. We have peace, which leads to bliss. Yes. We have faith. We have salvation. We have the Word of God, yes. which is the sword of the Spirit, and we have prayer. Amen. Um, the, Lord. the term "armor of God," I didn't know that was uh, something out of Isaiah until I was digging in all this. <laughs> but Amen. if you go back to Isaiah 59:17. It tells you about God looking on the earth. That Isaiah 59, if you read it, it sounds like you're reading like a description of today's world. It's crazy. Um, you know, Bob, before you say, uh, yeah, it's like it just it just revealed to me right then. No matter how much you want things to go on this in this world that would be bring some kind of a utopia or the rightness, whether it's a political party or things, it's not because the force of this is there. The, you're seeing it right now. The, 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 there's, everything sees, it's always chaotic. There's nothing that could ever be smooth sailing because of the, like you were talking, the demonic presence and the move. So this, you cannot get caught up to think, if I get this, it's going to be okay. If I, if they, we get this president, it's going to be okay. If we get this, it's, it's never going to be what it could be because the God of this world will not allow it to happen. That's it. Uh, we're, we're like a lighthouse in a storm. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to draw good and bad going to come to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. Question. It may sound silly, but you ever think about how big is a demon? You ever think about that? Yeah. Uh, you take Legion, see that that's two thousand right there. Two thousand man. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. How, how big y'all? You know what I love about that too? Legion, they they beg to go be cast into the swan, right? Yeah. Which is an unclean animal. It's yeah. filth. And then they jump into the lake or the river and drown. Yeah. Just like God drowned the Nephilim in the flood. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it was a it's a correlation. It's like a little hint. Yeah. You know, that's what happens. You know, the yeah. demons are stuck. That's yeah. all they're going to get. That's good. That's good. But, but you know, uh, you, you read again in uh, I think one of the Gospels when an unclean spirit is, is casted out of a house, he walks through dry places, seeking rest and finding them. Right. See, he can walk, he can bike, he can talk. I, I often wonder about that. Yeah. How big these demons was. Yeah. Well, if they're the if they're the disembodied spirit of a giant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
they're they're half angel. Yeah. They're they're pretty smart. Yeah. You know, they're and they tremble at the name of Jesus. Yeah. That's it. So they don't even matter. Amen. Yeah. That's right. God's bigger, right? He said they tremble at the name of Jesus. Oh yeah, okay. So it don't matter how big they are. Amen. That's it. All right, Isaiah 59, verse 17. In 59, like I said, it's showing you like a snapshot of what's going on at the time. There's no good left in the world. Okay, righteousness is far away. Um, truth is lacking. And it says in 15, 59, 15, it says, Now the Lord saw, and was, and it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man, and was astonished that no one was there to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him. Uh, imagine that it's Jesus. And his righteousness upheld him. And then it talks about the armor of God right there. It says, he put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing. <coughs> now, Paul doesn't tell us to put on garments of vengeance because vengeance belongs to God, right? Amen. And that's in Deuteronomy 32, 35, and Romans 12, 9. Yeah. Come on. Um, that vengeance belongs to the Lord. And he wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. A mantle was worn, that was a cloak. You know, that's your mantle. Yeah. So all of this was wrapped in zeal. I just thought that was pretty cool um, that there's other references to the armor of God. You know, it came came to us for a reason. Yes, that's right. So that's why Paul tells us to pray it, to put it on, to wear it every day. Amen. Um, see, I think I, I touched on this a little bit, but I'm going to expand also um, on these weapons. On the armor, on the pieces of the armor, okay? Um, 614, truth. It says to guard yourself with the belt of truth. That's the love of truth, both in words and conduct. Sincerity, veracity, those are facts. Yeah. And in righteousness. Righteousness is what's right with God. Yeah, that's right. Um, 615, to shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is glad tidings of Christ and his salvation. Um, Gospel is also the plan of salvation. It's doctrines, promises, declarations used as a figure of speech. Um, Like the gospel of bliss leads to bliss. The gospel of peace will lead to peace. In 6.16, talks about faith. And I I know that there's a, a, a definition of faith in the Bible, right? But faith is the belief. It's all that Christianity stands for. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 tells you it's the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. In Hebrews 11, the words by faith lead 17 verses. Between verse 3 and 31, by faith is used 17 times. Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. yes. And uh, in 6.16... Of Ephesians, when it says the evil one, in case you were wondering, that's Satan. Okay. Uh, Six seventeen. Salvation, the helmet of salvation. It's the fact of being delivered and saved. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's knowing that you're saved. It's knowing that you have salvation. That's right. Um, the sword of the spirit. Spirit is God the Father, which is the Word of God. The Word is the teaching, the doctrine. Uh, 
the, the written Bible is the physical manifestation of the spiritual oh, word of God. Amen. Okay, it's it's a message of the gospel and contents of Christianity. Okay. Now we have the armor, but we also have the sword too. All right, that sword, we need to use that to pierce the hearts of unbelievers with the word of God. Amen. You know, to get yeah. Jesus in there. We use that to cut the snares of the trapper uh, they refer to in Psalm 91. We cut the heads off snakes. We need to be humble among men, but bold in the spirit. Yes. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. The the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy, right? So we got to fight his fiery darts with fire. We will rebuke his demons, steal sinners back to Jesus, destroy his dominion and strongholds. Kill evil with the love of God. Witness, testify, talk about the peace of salvation, and listen to the Holy Spirit, and remember who our battle is with. We don't argue over things amongst each other, amongst churches, That's right. Um, That's right. to divide the body or our family. We're one accord, one body. That's Amen. the only way we're going yeah. to get through it. We've got to fight for the glory of God. Um, when we pray... We pray for the armor of God. Okay? Be detailed. Say specifically what we want. And to be sealed in the blood of Christ. Um, but make sure we know Scripture. Get in the Word. Uh, you look at it, it's kind of like you have the sword of the Spirit. And when you're reading the Bible, you're sharpening that sword. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're, so you're ready. Yeah. That's good. Um, do all things in the name of Jesus. We've got to humble ourselves first. If uh, we, we first have to submit to God, we're not going to go out here and battle anything by ourselves. Yeah, right, right. Okay, it, it's all on God. It's yeah. all glory to God. So we got to re- submit ourselves to Him, humble ourselves to the Lord, and repent. Because if we're we're going out here full of sin, yeah, we're saved, but you still have to ask for forgiveness. You still got to be sorry. Yeah. So make sure you repent. Um, So when you pray the armor of God and you're sealed in the precious blood of Christ, then you can go boldly forward against the powers with the authority given to us. Yes, sir. Remember to say and do all things in the name of Jesus Christ. All glory and victory goes to him. Uh, a good example of that, Paul shows us right there too, how, how to do this. Um, Acts 16.16, I believe. 16.16, Acts. Yeah, that's, that's what this note is. In, in this example, in Acts 16 through 18, Paul is encountered by a demon. Okay? Um, it's this woman with the spirit of divination. She's, she's tagging along behind him, talking, calling him out. You know, these men are, you know, they work for God, and it's getting on his nerves. Yeah. He puts up with this for days. And they give you an example of how to cast out demons you know, as not being Jesus Christ himself, okay? Jesus does it easy. It's, it's not that challenging for Paul because he's obviously a man of faith. But in 18, it says, She continued to do this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, not to the woman, he said it to the Spirit, Amen. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. 
and it came out at that very moment. So when he commanded it, he didn't say, I, Paul, say for you to get out of that woman. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, because that's where all of our power is at. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, I got here on my notes, <laughs> no scripture, because the demons know it. There's an example of that in 2 Corinthians 11, 14, and 15. It gives you an example of how, how well the demonic forces know scripture. It says, no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Yes. Therefore, it's, no, it's not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will come according to their deeds. So they know the word of God. You know, they... It's like they have our playbook. You know, they got the Bible. They see they see every play we can make. But the thing is, they can't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, every, every, no matter uh, what. You know, they, they can sit there and read it. But it's like read it and weep, right? You know, it's like, like Jesus when he was up on the pinnacle. The devil said, listen, he gives charge of angels that you can throw yourself down. You won't even hurt your foot. In other words, he says, if you are the son of God, prove it. Right. Uh-huh. He was trying to twist the scriptures to tempt God. And every time Jesus fought back with Scripture, yeah, he, he used the sword of the Spirit. He used the Word of God. That's how he fought the devil. That's how he resisted Satan, and he fled. He didn't have an option. That's right. Um, moving forward, I have a list here. Um, just some, a few quicker ones. One's kind of long. Of some protection prayers according to Scripture. Okay. Um, one of the easiest ones, everybody should know the Lord's Prayer, right? Everybody knows the Lord's Prayer. That's in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Everybody knows that prayer as well, right? That psalm. It talks about, well, first of all, in the Lord's Prayer, it's, it's the perfect prayer. And it says in there, deliver us from evil. So, He's telling you how to pray. Ask God to deliver you from these things. Yeah, Psalm 23, David says, Your rod and your staff comfort me. Right? Because yeah. that rod and staff is not just there to keep you in line. It's to beat the head down of anything that comes after you. Yeah. Because you're yeah. his. You're yeah, his like shape. You know? Yeah, so good. you can be comfortable and you're, you're safe throughout the whole psalm. Yeah. You get that feeling of safety. Yeah. Um. My favorite psalm is Psalm 91. Amen. I, I read this psalm, well, I read this psalm every single night until now it's, I got it memorized. It's stuck in my head. I, I recite this psalm day in, day out. That's good, bro. Uh, but you have to understand Psalm 91. Uh, it's very important. I don't think I even marked it in here. but um, we got time? Yeah, you good. Good, bro. It's good. All right. All of Psalm 91 is protection. Okay? This is actually used, Psalm 91 is actually used in exorcisms. Like, it's an old exorcism ritual prayer. Psalm. Uh, there's a lot of power in this. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah, come on. Yeah. All right? I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. It's putting all your faith in him. You know that all your safety comes from him. 
For it's he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. The snare of the trapper, that's the devil's snares. Anything he can use, any chink in your armor, anything he can do to get a hold of you. And that's what we use that sword of the spirit for, right? To cut the snares. He will cover you with his pinions, that's his feathers. And under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness as a shield and bulwark. Again, more protection. A bulwark is a wall. He comes between you and anything else. You will not be afraid of the terror by night. That particular line, the terror by night, it hints at a particular demon. Okay, The terror by night is also referred to as Lilith. Okay, that's, that's one of the monikers she goes by. Or the arrow that flies by day. Or the pestilence that stalks in darkness. Or the destruction that lays waste at noon. It says, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. For you only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you've made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Because you've taken shelter in God. There's nothing left to fear. No evil will befall you, and no plague will come near your tent. And this reminds me of Sandra every night. For he will charge his angels concerning you. You talk about his angels all the time. To guard you in all your ways. And they'll bear you up in their hands so you don't strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. Again, just like they talked about the scorpions earlier. The lion and cobra are representatives of, of demons. The young lion and the serpent, you will trample down. And then it has some of God's prophetic word at the end there. But Psalm 91, it's a, it's a really good one to remember and pray over your family. Um, it's just it's just important. <coughs> You'll feel it when you read it. Um, Ephesians 6, 13 through 17, the armor of God. We already went over that one. But it's, it's a good protection prayer if you want something to actually read to rebuke these demons with. Faith is a must. It's a weapon. There's an example of that in Mark. Let's see, Mark 7, 24 through 30. Mark 7, 24 through 30. It's a Seraphonician woman. Um, it shows you how faith can make these things happen. Okay? Um, the demon has, le- has left the Seraphonician woman's daughter because of her faith. Okay? Because of her faith. Uh, that's uh, the, the hard part about this is knowing that if the Seraphonician woman's daughter wanted that demon, her faith wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. It, it's welcome there. It, demons are very legalistic. You know, if I was thinking about it the other day, like we, you are, you always hear something like you're making deals with devils or whatever, you make a deal with the devil. I don't think I realize how easy that is until just the other day. It, it's anytime you do something that you know you shouldn't do, to get what you want. Wow. You're making a deal with the devil. Yeah. yeah. You really are. I mean, in a literal yes, sense, it's what you do. Yes, you know better than to do that. Yeah. But you do it anyway because it's going to benefit you. You're getting a reward for sinning. Yeah. 
You're making a deal with the devil. Yeah, it's that cut and dry. Oh, yeah, and then good. they have legal authority. They can go to the you know the throne room and say, guess what I busted him doing? Yeah. You know, and they oh, got yeah. you a lot open. So we got to be really careful with this stuff. I mean, we got to walk the chalk. You know, bro, it's like we've been talking about lying. People, you know, people really don't see the seriousness of lying. Uh, they think, you know, if they just lie a little bit, that's okay. Lying is bad from A to Z. <laughs> lying comes from the Father and the God of this world. Because there is no deceit or guile. And when you lie... When you're telling the untruth, you're falling right into the hands of the father of lies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why you don't ever, I mean, like even when your babies are little and they tell, did you get in the cookie jar? And they say, no, and you see cookie crumbs all over your mouth. Don't laugh about that. Make it a big deal at that age because, you know, 10, 15 years later when they've been out at night and they won't tell you the truth where they was at, then you see, so you want to start lying yep. is never, ever a good thing. Um, a couple other weapons. Prayer and fasting. Jesus talked about that, right? In Matthew 17, 21, we already touched on that. Uh, just a few more, guys, and I'll, I'll be done. I just want to get everything out. I don't want to just, you know, not obey or whatever. Um, Isaiah 54, 14. I'll, I'll just go to it. This shows um, some of God's promises. Okay, we're going, we're starting to get into victory. All right, if we're obedient to God, we have we have promises from God. Yes. So if we're faithful to Him, Isaiah 54, 14, 15, and 17, it says here, in righteousness you will be established. You will be far from oppression, for you will not fear. And from terror, for it will not come near you. If anyone fiercely assails you, it will not be from me. Whoever assails you will fall because of you. 17. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. It doesn't mean that no weapon will be formed against you. It just won't prosper. Amen. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. So, not only that, but if they accuse you of falsehoods, it's going to come back on them. So you don't have to worry about being lied on. Yeah. It don't matter. Um, James 4, 7. This one's pretty popular one, I think. While we're turning there, uh, I've worked with a bunch of guys, and boss was mad at me for like six weeks wouldn't speak to me it's because somebody said something that I said well I didn't do no railings or anything I just kept thanking the Lord you know doing, doing my usual and he ended up firing those guys Wow. Yeah. You know, when it came down to it the inspectors actually called my boss and said you gotta get these guys out of here there you go. And, yeah and I and when he done that, I went, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they was accusing me falsely, so they ended up getting it in, in the yeah. end, the Lord punished them. That's it. They're condemned. Yeah. Well, it's like if a curse, they try to curse you, the curse is like a, it's like a boomerang. It'll go out, and it'll come back and fall upon them, whatever that curse is. So that's why we're, we're, we're protected. 
under the shadow of the Almighty. Praise oh, the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, James 4, 7. Okay? Yeah. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. 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 It, resist doesn't mean just standing like, uh-uh. Yeah. You know, it, resist, fight back. That, that's how you resist. You fight back. Yes. So know the scripture. Know what to say. Use the name of Jesus. Give glory to God. Yes. And it's going to work. Okay, so go out and do good in Jesus' name. We have just about five more verses and I'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't help it. I, I, I feel like we have to we have to learn these things. We have to know these things. Um, you know, we I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but we worry so much about getting people saved and getting new Christians. Yeah. And then what? Come on. Come on. Do we give them a Bible? Do we sit down with them? Do we study with them? Do we, do we tell them anything after we get them saved? Yeah. It's like getting somebody to enlist in the military and then skipping boot camp and just going straight to the front line. What's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to get killed. You're not going to make it. So, yeah, I, I think we need to go over these verses. I think we need to go over everything. I have a list of 20 more. Sitting over here is a stack. Uh, I, I printed off like a, a billion copies. So so you can take one with you if you want to and study them, share them, take them, take them to the new Christians that, that don't know the word at all. Um, Deuteronomy 28.7. Come on, there you go. Deuteronomy 28.7. Jess, you want that one? Sure. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way and will flee before you seven ways. <laughs> that's pretty good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right, that's a victory verse, I think. You know, that, that's why I look at these victory verses. Psalm 84, 11, and 12. Sure, go ahead. 11 and 12? Yep. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in he. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Abide in the shadow of the Almighty, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you just put your trust in him. Yeah. yeah. Good to go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, back to Isaiah. Again, we have Isaiah 54, 10. Roger, would you please take that one, sir? Let's see, Isaiah 54, 10. And for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, said the Lord that had mercy on thee. Amen. 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 That's the only one. Huh? That's the only verse. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's more. It goes on. And I, that's why I told Jess too. I said if I if I say all these verses, you know, what's the odds somebody's going to stop at that verse? <laughs> you know, they're going to keep wanting to read, right? If you read ten, you want to run and leave eleven because eleven is just as good. Amen. And then when you get down here into uh. It takes you back to 14, 15, and 17, but no weapon against you will prosper. Yeah. That's a, uh-huh. that's a good chapter. Yeah. Um, all right. We're almost done. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, there you go. Is that a good one? Oh, yeah. That's a real good one. <laughs> that's a real good one. All right. It's short and sweet. Yes, it's good. For nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Nothing. That's a big word. Yes. Yeah. Nothing's impossible with God. All right, so this is the end of it. Go boldly, cast out demons, heal the sick in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Like I said, new Christians need to know what to expect. The devil is out to get them. Um... So get them a Bible, show them scripture, teach them how to pray. If, if we have a hard time praying, Jesus tells you how to pray. Right? The Lord's Prayer, you can keep it simple. You don't have to get fancy. Um, use the Lord's Prayer. John 17 is uh, the high priestly prayer. Right? That's what Jesus prays for us. Like We're watching Jesus pray for us in John 17. That's a good example. Um, don't just leave them hanging. They're, they're enlisted in the army of God with us. Man, that's right. And I'm going to end with just this last one here. Um, it's 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 and 3, I believe. It says, And the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Yeah. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Yeah. I'm just... I feel really blessed. Um, I'm just glad God trusts me with that. That's what it's all about. You gotta get in there and dig. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. You just can't read it like a book. No. No, and I know it's bounced back and forth a million times, but I like that. I like the point with scripture all through the Bible. Yes. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you, That's all I got. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel it anytime. Get in on... uh, all the the new latest and greatest stuff we have going on. All right. So again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless.
if you're at a place in your life that you're you're ready to give your heart over to the Lord, then I have a little a little message that I found that if you repeat it and you believe it in your heart, this could help lead you closer to God to to let Jesus Christ save you. And it goes like this. Heavenly Father, I come to you from the depths of my heart, realizing that I have sinned. I repent of my sins and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died on the cross for me and my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and live in me now. I receive by faith you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your Holy Spirit as my comforter to help me obey you and do your will. It is in Jesus' name that I believe and receive the things prayed this day. Amen.
Stay away. 